And with that, we're bringing in Mike. We're bringing in Daddy's Home FF. How you doing, Mike? What's up, guys? How we doing? Good. I'm, Good. We're, we're doing great. Ready to talk about some kickers, which... Getting into the know, best section. We get it. This is, this is the main event. Everybody's here to listen to Linda talk about kickers. This is going to be by far the most watched portion of this show on YouTube later. Um, but let's start here, Linda. I, I'd ask you this question on Twitter, and I loved your answer, so I'm just going to repeat it here. It, rather than looking at it from a sense of round or ADP, what are some speculative flex plays where when I start to see these players available, my head should think, I don't want these guys. I want to start taking kickers. Well, yeah, and I think that's not me, is it? No, someone landed on my house, I that think. Was, okay, well, I have, I have an airport as well. Like punk God's door, practicing so. near your house. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just put one up. Uh, no, and like I'm working on uh, – getting this spreadsheet already when I posted some stuff last night when guys are taking like MVS and Nicole Hardman and Naeem Hines, those are dudes that I'm, I'm totally out on. Now I find with mock drafts that a lot of rookies are going when those very first, when like Justin Tucker's come off the board, Justin Tucker is almost exclusively going to be the first kicker coming off the board. I would say it's like him or Evan McPherson, unless you're in a league with uh, Tommy Moe, he's taking Daniel Carlson, but as a whole, like those early kickers are going to go. I've seen them go everywhere from nine to like 16 in terms of rounds. But it gets to a point where there are several people I don't want and and a guy down here that I can wait a couple rounds for. So instead of taking somebody that I have zero confidence in, I'll just grab my guy. And I posted some uh, uh, shots yesterday of like A.J. Dillon, less than a couple kickers. Michael Hardman, awful in comparison to kickers. It was, it's just, there's so much more, uh, there's so much more floor this year with them since there's no negative points. So there's no negative points. And there's also, so there's point for you make a field goal, point on every extra point, And then you get the decimal scoring on top of that for the yardage, right? Mm -hmm. So Linda, you're, you're mentioning these names where you're taking them. Throw us five kickers. Who should be the first five kickers off the board and then throw us one guy who won't be one of the first five, but you're waiting on him. You're taking him rounds 15 to 22. So give us f- yeah. the first five and then your favorite outside of that. Probably the first five going to go Justin Tucker, Daniel Carlson, Nick Folk, Evan McPherson. These are all dudes that are going to get the opera and Matt Prater. You could throw in there. These are dudes that, you know, are trusted from 50 plus yards. Now, if you're getting attempts, if your coach is confident enough, to throw you out there, that's a chance at six plus points from one play. So those are guys that I'm focusing on that have a leg. You, I, I'll give you somebody that is kind of under the radar right now. Somebody that I'm not drafting is uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, who I know is a delight and a fan favorite and people love him. And I get it. He does the Legos. He has the funny socks. But he's like attempted three total 50 plus field goals. Uh, in his career in the last two years, they do not kick 50 yard field goals in Indianapolis. Uh, he is current. Like there's another kicker there. They're going to go through uh, practice stuff. He was hurt last year. He got healthy. They didn't bring him back. They just kept playing. Uh, I can't remember who they brought in off the top of my head, but uh, I, I just don't trust what's going on with his situation right now, which is a downer because he's such a treat. Oh, and I like Jake Elliott. From draft he has a really good like the first three weeks he should be a streaming option in regular redraft so 
I like him a lot right out of the gate, and nobody's going to – he's not a name that's floating around. No Tyler Bass or Harrison Bucker in that list of guys, huh? I don't draft Harrison Bucker because he looks like he'd snitch on you. That's just a personal <laughs> opinion. But uh, I do like Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass has finished the last two years, uh, I think, in the top half of kickers. Uh, he's on a good offense. He kicks it from 50-plus yards, no problem. But he's a guy that people, I think, like a lot especially because he's attached to the bills. People think, you know, fast paced offense. I'll go ahead and grab one of their kickers. So those are guys that are going to be circulating and going off the board. I think probably after that first tier. Now, Mike, I'm going to throw a question over to you. You're a, your fishbowl veteran kickers have been incorporated for a minute here. How many kickers is too many? What are we, what are we looking to roster? I know they offer a nice little, nice little floor play. How many, how many is too many? How many are you drafting? I mean, there, there's no right answer to that question. The, the fact is that you're looking at, and this is how I played it last year and did fairly well, uh, by the way, in case we forgot. Um, but the, uh, it, it all depends on what the first half of your roster looks like, right? Like, so when you get through, say, the first eight to 10 rounds, you really have to have a good sense for what type of team did you draft. And the fact is, is that if you went floor in the first half of the draft, I'm not going kickers in the second half. I'm going upside. This is a huge tournament. 3,000 people are going to play in the fishbowl. But if I'm taking some swings early, which, by the way, you should, um, and I don't know how much we're going to get into that, uh, but if you're taking some swings early, having that floor play was huge. There were a few weeks where I was rolling out, and, and people can laugh all they want. It worked. Uh, I was rolling out Mac Jones as my QB2, and I was rolling out Tyler Bass in my flex uh, because the rest of my team was stacked, and I didn't want to run those negative plays. I was already hitting that kind of early stage where I could see that I was going to be in the top two or three in my division for points. And what you don't want to do is roll out a bust play and start losing negative points. When you're ahead, when you already have the money rolling, you know, when you're looking like you're coasting into the playoffs, grabbing that floor isn't a bad idea. So depending on if I go really high end at the beginning of the draft, I'm going to grab those floor plays. If not, these are big time fab plays for me, especially on bye weeks, right? I'd rather roll out a kicker than, and I see a lot of people going with these guys, than a quarterback who could give you negative 20. We've had those days, they'll wreck you, right? So First half of the draft, you should know what you are. And then first half of the season, you should know who you are. And if you're already holding a pretty strong points lead, don't go pushing your chips all in on some hot rookie, right? Get get a kicker, get your points, and hold your position. That's really what I use kickers for. And like I said, it served me pretty well last year. I think that is absolutely spectacular advice to kind of know what team you have and play it that way, almost like a poker tournament of getting up ahead and then just sitting and waiting for the right hands to come to you. Um, Linda, question for you as far as late kickers are concerned. I jotted down the names of five guys that I've seen consistently going very late in mock drafts and sometimes not drafted at all. Is there anyone on this list or around these tier of players that could be an outperforming kicker one in a sense? It's Dustin Hopkins, Greg Zerloin with the Jets, Greg Joseph, Graham Gano, and then Cade York with the Browns going very late. Do you like anybody there in particular? Oh, man. So 
what I'm going to say about Cade York is like, I'm super excited that he is where he's at, but I'm nervous about the Browns offense, not being even good enough to produce for your kicker. And there's like legitimately a middle ground where you don't want to be like so good that you're just getting extra points and like an occasional field goal. And you don't want to be so bad. <clears throat> Jets were last year. Now I have hope this year. If Greg Zerline wins that, uh, that kicker competition in camp, then I have, I have pretty good hopes for the jets as a whole. Greg Zerline had a really bad season last season, but when misses don't matter, then it's not a big deal at all. Dustin Hopkins. My issue there is we watched Brandon Staley absolutely refuse to kick field goals or punt the football, which is fine. It's fun for, spectators you know like i i enjoy it even as like a, people are like oh you must hate it i'm like no it's just a it's just another wrinkle in it and so he's going to have big weeks when they play teams that brandon staley doesn't feel like he needs to run this like when they play if they play like a bottom half team then he becomes a possible option but in games that are close he is not going I don't think going to get the opportunity to kick. And what I'm looking for is opportunity over efficiency in this, in this format. Is that primarily because you just can't go negative, right? Without being able right. to take a negative, I can stack it up. Right. So in terms of thinking about people who will have an opportunity to kick, at least going off last year's rankings, Washington only scored a touchdown 52% of the time in the red zone. They've got Joey Sly to kick there now. Chicago scored on 48% of their red zone trips. Those are two offenses that are at the bottom of red zone efficiency, meaning that guys like Sly and Santos ought have, in theory, a good opportunity. Do, do we like them just because of that opportunity, or does there hit a point where we're still scared just because they are who they are? I think it's – and this was, you know, with Sleeper, you have to play a kicker, and you can't uh, flex any kicker, so you have to play one and only one every week. And somebody asked me, like, how are you attacking that? These are guys that I look at from, like, a redraft streaming, like Mike said, if you're running to the waiver wire, because those are the guys that are going to be there. They're not going to be owned in the majority of leagues, so you're going to be able to get them with usually very minimal fab. Those are guys that they're going to have good weeks and they're going to have really bad weeks, but I think they'll be an option for you in season that you don't necessarily want to roster. I think last year I rostered Tyler Bass and Nick Folk like all season. And I just played them when I needed them. But in sleeper where you don't have that option, it's, it's, you know, I think they're a good waiver wire option. I said option like 48 <laughs> times just then. You're good. The, the guy I want to throw out there, which you mentioned in your top five, Linda, but I see him, routinely outside of that even last year i got him with one of my last couple picks and i started him way more than i had planned on i started over tyler bass plenty was was daniel carlson everything people like about tyler bass with a high-powered offense or harrison bucker uh you get that out of carlson his name just isn't as popularized i'm throwing his name out because my division's las vegas like he's gonna go all right I, oh, yeah. not, I don't have to worry about seeing if he'll slide but he he's a name I want to throw out there as someone who's he's he's got everything you want from the kicker. He's good. He did it. He's done it historically. He did it for you last year. It's a good offense, and there's a lot of opportunity. So he also did it. Uh, he's been if you go back to like if you take Scott Fishwell 12's scoring to 2020 stats, 
he was in the top 10 that year too. And he's the only kicker that I've been able to find uh, over the last two years. That was a top 10 both years for Scott fishbowl scoring. So that doesn't happen very often. There is not a whole lot of repeating going on because kickers change teams so often or don't play a whole season or all of the other wild things that happen when there's only one spot for that position on a team, but he's definitely uh, done it two years in a row. So, you know, it, he's going to start. I think the secret's going to get out before draft start on Monday, to be quite honest. Yeah. 